You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Ball. This is Jay Gonzalez and you're listening on 1030 The Voice. I'm going sort of solo today. Our, our uh, friend and my cohort, Steve Rivera, is taking the day off, getting his long weekend started a little early on his way to New Mexico to visit some family. But we're going to have a great guest in uh, starting right at the beginning. He's going to spend the whole hour with us. And that's Anthony Gimino, our uh, local uh, college football writer, very prominent national college football writer. We're going to talk college football today. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Jess. I'm glad this will be the best show of the week as you get, get rid of all that riffraff guest you've had. You know, those guys, Steve Kerr, all those guys, you know, yeah, we, I mean, we, we saved the best for last on this week, uh, for the week. I mean, the, uh, you know, the eight, the guy with eight NBA championships and the two triple crown winning horses and, and uh, you know, the one of the most prominent ADs in the country and, <laughs> Yeah, you know, last week that Francona guy, who's like my personal hero because he delivered Red Sox World Championships, so he's like the greatest manager in history. <laughs> well, thanks. I'll follow all that. No well, problem. well, we appreciate the fact that you were, you're, you know, you're ready to step in and show those guys how this thing is supposed to be done. Exactly. So let's go. So I, you know, I, I want to talk college football. Uh, the, I've been dying to do this. Uh, we tried to do it a little bit with uh, Yogi Roth, but we mm-hmm. kept coming back to the to the COVID stuff. And you know, we can't, we really can't talk college football without talking a little bit of COVID. And so, you know, there's some stuff that came out today. Uh, you know, every day there's some new stuff. Rob Mullins, the or, uh, athletic director at Oregon, talked about some of the numbers and said that uh, Oregon would lose $80 million if they didn't play football and that they're, uh, you know, going through some scenarios that were probably the minimum they'll lose because of uh, social distancing and that type of stuff would be about $12 million, which, you know, is a hit to them. And then Ohio State came out and said that, they don't expect to have more than 50,000 fans at any of their games and maybe as low as 22,000. They have a 100,000-seat stadium. I mean, this is, no matter what, this is going to not be very good, don't you think? It's not. Whatever it is, it's not going to be normal. I mean, I think I've come around now to the point where I think there's, we're going to have some football. Um, but it's, it's going to look different. The, the schedule that we look at right here on May 22nd, may not end up being the schedule we see in October. Uh, there may be, because in, in the top division in the FBS, there are 130 teams. It's going to be impossible to get 130 teams on the same page. So I think there may be some scrambling, some rearranging of the schedules, maybe a conference-only schedule. But to me, that's, to hear Ohio State's hoping to get 50,000 in a stadium, that seems really optimistic. Well, um, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know how you do that six either. Feet apart, I, you know. One well, of the other things, um, I mean, there's so many challenges for athletic directors. If you're cutting your attendance by optimistically a half, maybe by three fourths, who gets in? Well, that's what I'm wondering. You know, I'm <laughs> a season ticket holder at Arizona you, Stadium. Yeah. I'm, am I Dude. not going to get to go to all the games? Right. I, I, I don't know how ADs figure that out, but that's why they get big bucks. And and even at 50,000 people, 
how do you get 50,000 people in and out of the stadium in a timely manner? Right. And in re- there's a lot of challenges. Right. In reading that article, they still don't have a plan for how they would do that and who gets to come and who doesn't get to come. So mm-hmm. there's still a lot that has to happen in order to do that. But, you know, Dave Hickey's been on the record saying, you know, it's going to be less than capacity. You know, they're going to have fewer fans. Now, Arizona hasn't had a problem with that recently. So, you know, everybody who wants to go may be right. able to go anyways. But, but, and that, but and that's I mean, mean to say, yeah, but it's, a, it's, it's the reality. Order. Yeah, I mean, even if, even if, uh, say, one particular game, like, yeah, your tickets are good to go for this game, are you going to be in your regular seat? Right. I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of questions. But um, at Lindy's, for the magazine, obviously we had to acknowledge a little bit of this. Right, I was gonna, and I was really, going to ask you that. But we, ate two things. We didn't really want to talk about it because that's not why people buy a preseason, preseason football magazine. And two, you can't write about anything that's going on because of the long shelf life of the magazine. Right. So if somebody's picking it up, you know, maybe you know, in a couple of weeks, our national edition will be on the newsstand. Even in two weeks, that's like five years in COVID time <laughs> because, because things are changing so fast. So you know, what we did was we had Dennis Dodd from CBS, who's one of the he's a frequent contributor and really one of the top few national college football writers in the country. And we just had him do kind of a, uh, what we call the great reset. You know, it's not like what's going to happen tomorrow. It's what's going to happen to college football. What's college football and college athletics going to look like after all this is over. And, um, that's kind of fascinating in itself in terms of, um, are people going to be flocking back to the hundred thousand seat? stadiums what about salaries what about this facilities arm race that's been going on forever because uh, there's just not going to be as much money to go around but um, especially if schools take a hit on attendance this year and and you know all the reports i've seen said usually you know usually football revenue is accounts for on average 75 to 80 percent of an athletic department's income Right. That's a ton. So even if that takes a small haircut, like the Oregon guy was talking about with attendance, there's changes to be made. We've already seen some of the smaller conference schools, like from the MAC or whatever, they're cutting sports. They're reducing schedules. For example, I saw, I can't remember the school or the conference, but they're going to like a 30-game baseball and softball schedule. As opposed to say fifty some games, fifty and sixty games, save, right? Yeah, to save to save cost, um, you know. I'd, and I don't expect you can't expect um, football. You can't. You can't. You don't expect football and basketball to be cut, um, you know, in terms of sports or anything like that. But the it's been a runaway train in terms of salaries for really the past. I want to go. I want to say about twenty five years. Because it was a huge deal, you may remember. In 1995, Bobby Bowden became the first million-dollar coach. Right. And everybody lost their minds. Oh, why is this guy getting a million dollars a year? He's a football coach. Now there are like 49 coaches making $3 million plus a year. Right. It's crazy. It's, it's not. Sure I'm not sure that was sustainable, but I think the, the uh, pandemic may... 
uh, pace and so well, do you think do you, back do, you, into the market. do you think there could be a reset there? You know, as as coaches yeah, get I, hired, maybe starting next year, you know, okay, we we got to back off because there's not enough money to go around. So, you know, Joe Blow, coach, it's uh, been at you know some uh, you know mid major. Suddenly, he's got a power five job. Maybe he's not going to get two and a half or three or four million dollars. Maybe he's going to get you know one and a half with some incentives or something like that. Do you see a reset like that happening? I think that I think salaries is that's one of the areas of of reset that we identified. Maybe you know maybe it won't necessarily go down or take a take a huge cut, but I think it'll it'll slow, and I think there'll be some reasonableness. Yeah, uh, but in there and and with and with the buyouts, I right? Mean, athletic directors are the worst negotiators. <laughs> they constantly negotiate against themselves. Oh, you've got three years left on the contract. Let's extend you two years and add a big buyout. Yeah. And then two years later, they're paying that big buyout when they didn't really have to do that. So, you know, there may be, and, you know, coaches have great jobs. They're well paid. You know, uh, we, we saw the, the coaches at, at Arizona temporarily take a 20% cut. You know, I'm sure nobody's happy to take a 20% cut. Right. But they're still doing pretty well. Yeah, you they know? are. I think they'll still keep their job. I don't think it's enough to make them say, you know what? I'm going to write off into retirement. I'm done with this. <laughs> All right, Anthony, we're going to take our first break. And when we get back, we're going to start talking football on the field. How's right, that good. sound? All right, let's take yeah. a break. For nearly seven decades, Hughes Federal Credit Union has been there for its members through good times and bad. We know that by working together, we can achieve great things, like addressing your financial needs during these uncertain times. We're available for you by phone or online, via our website or mobile app. Our drive-up windows are open, and we're available to help you in our branch lobbies by appointment. We've got your back today, tomorrow, and for decades to come. Visit HughesFCU.org, insured by NCUA. This is Dr. Tom Shives. And I'm Tracy McRae. Listeners are bombarded with health information every day. On Mayo Clinic Radio, we cut through the noise with reliable health news, wellness tips, and the latest research. Straight from the experts at the world-class trusted source, Mayo Clinic. Join us on Mayo Clinic Radio. Saturday mornings at 11 on 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Bill Buckmaster here at 1030 The Voice. We care about Tucson. Here are some things we can do together to keep our community safe. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. Avoid touching our faces outside of the home. When in public, please maintain a safe distance of six feet. Stay home if you're sick. Cover your mouth when you cough and avoid unnecessary trips into the public. We're in this together. Help us keep Tucson safe. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. 
Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated, and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. We have some amazing law enforcement agencies protecting Arizona, and we value their daily service and sacrifice. The Law Matters Live show was created to open the lines of communication between law enforcement and you. So get your questions ready, set your alarm for eight, dial into AM 1030 The Voice, and join the conversation. To learn more about Law Matters and support our 501c3 mission, go to lawmatters1030.org. Welcome back to the Eye on, to Eye on the Ball on 1030 The Voice. This is Jay Gonzalez, and we're here with Anthony Jamino. We're going to start talking college football on the field. We're tired of talking about all the COVID stuff. So, Anthony, you just uh, uh, put your sent your uh, Lindy's Sports Magazine football preview to to press, and, uh, you know, I, I mean... Is it is it going to look any different than it did last year? Are we talking Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, maybe Georgia and Florida in there for uh, for the national championship? There is a there, there's become a certain sameness in college football. Uh, some don't like that. Some some do because you kind of you kind of begin to get some postseason rivalries like Alabama, Clemson really became one in the last several years. Um, those teams you mentioned are right there. We picked Ohio State as our wow. number one team. Um, I really think I think there's three choices. You could pick Ohio State. You could pick Clemson. You could go with Bama. Yeah. Um, I don't think you'd be wrong on any of those. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight anybody to the death. Right. If they pick somebody else. Um, but we went with Ohio State. Um, obviously, Justin Fields, one of the two best quarterbacks in the country next to Trevor Lawrence. I think there, there are a couple things to me, which kind of put Ohio state over the edge in terms of the other two teams, um, all in combination with each other. They've got a great, a great, mostly senior offensive line back mm-hmm. full of NFL guys. Wow. That's okay. Huge. I love that. Love well, that. yeah, I mean, that, that's where, replace, that's where it all starts. Yeah. They can, they can replace chase young. I mean, nobody's really chase young, but those guys, um, probably their next star, and they they have a couple possibilities. Uh, it's probably Zach Harrison, who's a sophomore, five-star kid. Um, and Ohio State always uses a huge, a very deep rotation at defensive end. So that's a big loss for them, losing you know the number two pick in the draft. Um, but they've got guys who can do it. The but on on defense, a big deal what they got. Sean Wade back in their secondary. He was kind of their slot corner last year. Now he's going to move to the outside and be the next first round Ohio State cornerback to go. And there was most people had expected him to jump into the draft last year. He decided to come back as the only returning starter in that secondary, so he really solidifies everything back there. And then just in the past few weeks, they picked up an Oklahoma running back transfer named Trey Sermon, who's definitely got a thousand yard talent. Um, so that is part of the replacement for JK Dobbins. Cause one of the guys they thought was going to do that was the wonderfully named master Teague, <laughs> but he suffered an Achilles injury. In the oh, wow. So there's some doubt as to exactly when or how 
how effectively he can come back. But when they added Trace Thurman, again, there's a there's a guy who spent a lot of time in a, in a, a timeshare at Oklahoma. But behind that line, in that offense, he can be a very productive player. So it looks like they have uh, many of the pieces. And, you know, it's it's part science, part art, trying to pick these Well, teams. sure. And I just, I think a lot of us felt that it's just Ohio State's time. Right. I mean, they. I don't know. I, I think Ryan Day did a fantastic job last year. Now, people will say, yeah, he was using Urban Myers guys, and he probably largely still is. But that guy just gets it. Just like, um, you know, uh, there's, there's just guys, coaches you see across the country, um, they get out in front of the media, they get out in front of their teams, and they just project a sense of calmness and the right image. And I think he's one of those guys, and he's so freaking young still. Um, so he's going to be around for a long, long time. He's still recruiting at an amazingly high level. So guys like him and Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, they right. just seem to get it. That's why I was going to say and, Lincoln Riley is a guy that yeah. that fits in that in that mm-hmm. mold where he just he just sees it and 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 works it and and knows how to you know knows how to work a room, knows how to work the media, knows how to work the players. Yeah, I mean he connects with he connects with parents, he connects with kids, and he connects with media. So, um, and you know he's got a great coach and a great a great program, a great uh, coaching staff, right? Um, and so I think he's got the whole package. So that in, in, in some, in summation, Jay, that's why we picked Ohio State number right. one. Well, I, I was looking at, I was looking at Alabama and, you know, I mean, you know, they've got, uh, you know, they had a quarterback that played the last three games, uh, after, mm-hmm. after Tua got hurt last year. And then the, the guy that's supposed to be his major competition is an incoming freshman. Well, he didn't have the benefit of, of, uh, of spring ball. So, you know, how's that going to work for, you know, for that, uh, that whole issue. It seems to me that maybe there wasn't going to be a big gap between Alabama and Ohio state and Clemson, but maybe it's going to stretch a little more just because of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's pretty close. Uh, the, I think everybody, probably the, one of the top quarter spring quarterback battles we were all looking at was, uh, Mac Jones and the freshman you referenced, Bryce Young, who was on campus, but not for very long. <laughs> well, that's true. He, he probably got sent home. <laughs> but Alabama's spring, all their spring, uh, spring drills were canceled just hours before they were ready to start. Right. I mean, they were, they were ready to get on the field and get this thing going. Um, so the presumption is that Mac Jones, who played pretty well. Um, down the stretch will be the guy, but that eventually they're going to have to take a look at, at Bryce Young too to see to see what he offers to see if he can be a little bit better. Because I remember um, was it four years ago now, Jalen Hurts was competing in the spring, right? And he looked okay, and nobody thought that Nick Saban would say. Okay, true freshman. Here's here's the offense to my team. Go get it. Right. And he did, and then and then a year later, in the games that matter, Nick Saban turned to another right. true freshman right. in Tua. So it's certainly not unprecedented where Nick Nick Saban over the course of the year will take a look at what's going on at quarterback. But Alabama's got 
the thing with them last year, they got slammed on defense with injuries. Right. Where they ended up having to play two true freshmen at their inside linebacker spots, which are their key spots on defense. Um, but now, you know, those those guys are back healthy. Dylan Moses is a guy who everybody thought would be in the NFL. He had to come back for a senior year because of the injury last year. And, you know, he's certainly an All-America talent. And as the hub, as the quarterback of that defense, uh, I think Alabama will probably start looking more like an Alabama defense, which they didn't last year. Right. So they're they're right there. They're right there. They're the best in the the SEC, and Clemson's Clemson. And yeah. the great thing about Clemson is they really don't have to play anybody. Yeah, I was looking at their schedule. They the now you know me. I take my cue from the gamblers. So uh, I was looking at the uh, at the college football win totals, and they've got Clemson at eleven and a half. So basically saying <laughs> they're going to go undefeated. They do they yeah. they do have to go to Notre Dame, but they're basically saying we're not too worried about that. So um, you know you're you're basically if you're gonna if you're gonna take uh, the over eleven and a half. You're basically betting on whether or not Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame, but uh, at, you know after Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, how big is the gap to the yeah, next teams? Think, Florida, Georgia, yeah, Oklahoma, second, second tier. Yeah, all those teams you mentioned. We have Oklahoma four, if only for the same reason we just talked about Clemson. Um, their schedules set up to go twelve and zero or eleven and one, or depending on how good. Texas may be. Oklahoma State's really good this year, by the way. Every like every three years, we absolutely fall in love with Oklahoma State, and we get our hearts broken every time. <laughs> but we're back at it. You know, we're taking the chance on them again. They've got great, great offensive skill. Yeah. Um, so those would be the two teams I think in the, in the Big Twelve. In the Big Twelve, that Oklahoma has to has to has to navigate and probably has to navigate twice because yeah. of their the Big Twelve title game, but. Again, their schedule is not as arduous as some in the SEC. So we have, we think Oklahoma could get back to the playoffs, probably lose by twenty points again or whatever it is, but they'll probably get back. There. We, we've got about thirty uh, so seconds. Does does that is you, LSU falling off the off the planet, or where where are they going? So let me give you the rest of the top ten, and then we'll talk about it sure. after the break. Five Florida, six Penn State, seven Georgia, eight LSU, nine Oregon. Wow, okay. Teams. Ten Notre Dame. All right, all right. Well, that's you know, and again, you throw those things up in the air, and by the time the season rolls around, you just start, you know, it starts to flush out. So, oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and we're gonna we're gonna come back, and I want to talk a little bit about you know other teams, and then let's talk Pac-12. Deal. We'll be right back. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. 
Tune in each Saturday at 9 a.m. for Back to Business, the program about mustering up the energy, excitement, the will, and attitude to take the bull by the horns and get Southern Arizona business up and running again. We'll talk with business leaders who'll share their experiences, knowledge, and stories of struggles and success. If you're a retailer, restaurateur, or entrepreneur who've struggled during the last few months or just someone interested in helping small business in Southern Arizona, this show is for you. That's Back to Business this Saturday at 9 a.m. Don't miss it. The Old Pueblo is a place with a lot of great stories to tell. You can find all episodes of the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice at KVOI.com, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. From the 1967 food giant jet crash to legendary Arizona coach Fred Snowden to the tales of Tucson's days as a Confederate capital, the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice is concise and always entertaining. Download them now at Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and KVOI.com. Welcome back to Eye on the Ball on 1030 The Voice. This is Jay Gonzalez. My cohort, Steve Rivera, is taking an early uh, early weekend, so he's not here today. But we've got college football writer Anthony Gimino, who's been here uh, throughout, the, throughout the hour, and he's going to finish out with us. And before the break, we were talking about the uh, Lindy's uh, college football preview coming out in a couple of weeks. And uh, we kind of raced through the top ten. So, Anthony, go ahead and give it to us again. All right. So it was... Uh, we start with Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and I think you're right. I think those are the. I think there's a there's a gap between the next team, and really, I think the gap probably only goes as far as the top ten. And then I think there's another big drop off. So, at four, we have Oklahoma, and then Florida, Penn State, Georgia, LSU. There's your defending champ at number eight. Um, Oregon is your Pac-12 leader at nine. And then Notre Dame at 10. And really, I think maybe maybe the, really the national championship contenders only go nine. I mean, I think Notre Dame, over the last couple of years, what they've shown us is that they, they can beat all the teams they should beat. But when they faced some of the uh, upper echelon teams, it's just not quite there. They're, they're like good enough to go 10 and 2, but they're not really good enough to scare uh, Ohio State or Clemson. Well, let's let's talk about the Pac-12 for a little bit. So you mentioned that you think that the national championship contenders go down to nine. So that would include you have Oregon at number nine. Um, yeah. You know, I'm lo- I'm looking Why at not? their schedule. They've got Ohio State at the at <laughs> oh, the. Oh yeah, the, that game. Yeah, <laughs> they they do have Ohio State. So I mean, realistically, if they lose the Ohio State game, that means they've got to run the table through the Pac-12, don't you think? Yeah, and I think a lot of that will probably be. Um, if they lose that game, what's the score? How did it play out? Was it a close game? Was it very competitive? Did they lose on the last second field goal? Or was it 52-12? to 12? Right. Now, what if they so win I, that game? I think that matters. But, yes, a two-loss Pac-12 team is not getting in. Right. So if they win that game now, they'll be in the conversation probably the whole year. I mean, I'm again, looking at their schedule, they've got mm-hmm. Washington at home. They've got Stanford at home. They've got USC at home. And they've got ASU at home. I mean, that, that sets wow, up yeah. well for them, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, very well, very well. The thing, the thing that gets me, maybe, you know, maybe the Ohio State game never gets played. We don't really know that right now. Right. But the thing that gets me is that that would certainly be, um, that might be the non-conference game of the year. If not, uh, and, and I rank those somewhere in the magazine. I just can't remember. Uh, it's either 
probably one or two, because Ohio State, huge program, maybe a preseason number one in the polls, coming to Otson, 50,000 crazy people. Uh, there may not be any well, crazy people in the stands. There may be 12,000 so, crazy people, but yeah. Yeah, so the, and that's a shame for Oregon because their home field advantage just goes away. Right. Uh, well, so that's, that's a, that's, that's a shame, but. Well, in the, uh, in the that, that, go ahead. I mean, the thing that we love about Oregon, we do, um, we rank in the magazine, we rank our top 10 national units for example you know top 10 receiver right. groups top 10 defensive line groups linebackers etc and i'm not smart enough to do that so i have all my guys who write our conference previews they compile they they do the rankings they all send it to they send it to me and then i'm able to kind of put it in order oregon's got a top 10 national defensive line a top 10 national linebacker group and the top 10 secondary group. They're absolutely loaded. This, they're totally a non, everything you don't expect from an Oregon slash Pac-12 school. They are absolutely strong defensively all over, and that's Mario Cristobal, and that's kind of his influence, and that's how he wants to build the program. He's got more, he's got more SEC DNA in him than any other right. coach in the league, right. and it shows. Right, but they're breaking in a new quarterback. They are Tyler Shuck, even though that doesn't look like his last name is pronounced that way, but that's how it's pronounced. Um, usually I just have to worry about the spelling to names, but occasionally the pronunciation. So, yeah, obviously that's their, that's their big question. Right, right. Um, they're not necessarily – they're not a lead, a lead at receiver. Um, when C.J. Verdell came coming back, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Um and they got great news. They had they had three guys on defense who kind of one at each level who could have turned pro. They wouldn't have been first-rounders. They probably would have been uh, anywhere from maybe third to fifth-round guys. But they all came back. They all decided to come back as one as for their senior years. And that really kind of put Oregon over the top because that defense returned so much. Um, and – the the guy who's kind of leading it all is Kayvon um, Thibodeau at defensive end. Mm-hmm. Sophomore, five-star kid, could have gone anywhere in the country, could be, I mean, you'd put him, you put him in any uniform in the country and he looks the part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, and you know, you know that when you've seen some of the PAC 12 schools line up against major, other major conference schools, Pac-12 looks small. They don't it? look the same. It, they they definitely don't, they don't look the same. don't look the same. Right. But this guy certainly does, and I think Oregon does. So I think... Uh, are they I way out... Every, go ahead. Are they way ahead? Of are they way out in front of the other teams in the in the North? Um, I mean, who, who gives them a run? Can Washington give probably. them a run? Stanford seems to be maybe headed the other direction right now. Yeah, Stanford, I mean, you could always pencil. They had a run of like seven out of eight years where they finished in the national top 12 in the AP poll. Um, they're not that team right now. Um, are they going to be a little bit better than they were last year when what they were four and eight or something like that? Yeah, um, but I don't think they're ready for that. Washington, we've got Washington at number 23. 
But is there is there a big difference between Oregon and Washington? Probably. And one of the reasons, again, Washington is another one of those teams, new quarterback, absolutely no experience. But they've got three or four guys on defense who will, are good enough to flirt with some kind of All-America honor. Right, right. And especially in the defensive front. And maybe in this crazy year, I mean, if you – if I wanted to count on anything, I'm counting on strength up front on defense. I mean, that that would seem to be the thing that translates the best. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a lot of uh, practice time to put in new schemes, work on new offenses, you know, break in new quarterbacks, that seems to be the thing that you could always count on. Right. Um, but Cal could be surprisingly good. Well, they, uh, again, they've got they, them at seven wins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, Justin Wilcox, this will be his fourth year, building, building, building. He brings back Chase Garber as a quarterback. That's been the missing piece. The defense has been fantastic. Can the offense come around? Yeah, probably he's got a chance. I've seen I've seen Cal pop up in some other top 25. Right. Uh, we've got him outside. We've got him at number 33. But to be honest, anywhere, when you talk like, 20 to 35, when you're trying to rank teams, 20 to 35, they're all the same team. Yeah, they're all the same team. Uh, I mean, that's why the, the first few picks are easy. Everything kind of falls into play. 20 to 35 like where you make your money. Right, you know? right. Where you have to separate teams that are all going to be 8-4. and four. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, so it could have gone a lot of different ways. It just uh, Cal could be... 23 or 33 i wouldn't really argue either way right well in the south you know i, I it seems like they're you know everybody's going to be chasing utah again but you know what did you make of of usc keeping clay helton on board um <laughs> you know, when, no, okay i think my pause told you everything you need to know exactly uh, you don't know what when they think. hired him i liked it because USC needed an adult in the room. That's what I've always said. They right. needed an adult in the room. Um, now, I think I, he's probably shown us who he is. The thing is, okay, last year he changed offensive coordinators. Um, they worked out pretty well. Graham Harrell. Their offense took a big jump. And, of course, you had Keaton Slovis, who three-star kid comes out of nowhere as an injury replacement and throws for – 12,000 yards. Right. Now he's changing his defensive coordinator. So to uh, Todd Orlando. Now, if that doesn't work out, there's only one other move with the new AD, <laughs> right. which is the right. head coach. Right. But if, if the defensive coordinator does something like the offensive coordinator did last year, they'll be good. We've got SC winning the South. Okay. Um, they've got the most talent. Well, they, they always do. Do. If I had, they always do. If I had a dollar for every time I overrated USD, I'd be really rich. Yeah. Even at a dollar. Right. <laughs> I've right. done it a lot. But right. everybody's done it a lot. Okay. Um, but I bet when you, you, you just, you know, in April or May, when you're looking at the teams, you kind of just have to go, you have to, you have to default to the talent. And they've still got the most talent. Yeah. Okay. You got about 30 seconds to tell me if you think Chip Kelly's on the hot seat. No. No. I mean, I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's won seven the, games in two years. I know, but is he going to get fired? No. Is he in the hot seat like 
dang, that guy better win. He's got a new athletic director. There's pressure to win. I don't think it's going to be really good, but I bet he has a huge buyout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think some of these coaches, yeah, do they act? Do they? Is there pressure to win now? Yes. Are they in danger of being fired? That may be a different question. Yeah. Well, that's that's the you know that that's but I the, miss the, old the mystery. Kelly. Yeah. Well, I miss, again, I miss him. I don't know what happened to that guy. Well, I, I was going to say, is he being exposed for you know that he really is not that great a coach, and he just had lots of money and lots of talent at Oregon. He did, but he also had a scheme that he right. kind of refuses to fully implement again. I don't right. know if that's his time in the NFL has kind of took him in a different direction or right. or what. But I, I miss the Oregon Chip Kelly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Anthony, when we come when we come back from the break, we're going to talk Arizona Wildcats. So let's take a break and come back with Anthony Gimino. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors. We now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. 1030 The Voice. News from inside the Beltway. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. I'm the next Hugh Hewitt Show. It's my annual Semper Fi and America's Fun Show. Maybe the most inspiring day of the entire radio year. And we do it every Memorial Day, and you step up every Memorial Day in advance. Thank you. Do not miss Monday's Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings from 10 to noon on 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. May is National Wildfire Preparedness Month, so the American Red Cross is sharing safety tips to help protect your family in case of a wildfire. Clear debris, like leaves and branches from around your home. Store flammable materials, such as firewood and propane, at least 30 feet away from your home. Develop an emergency plan and review it with your family. And create an emergency kit filled with essentials in case of emergency. Check frequently with local radio and TV stations for wildfire news and emergency notifications. And for more info on wildfire safety, go to redcross.org. Swap shop trains are coming, rolling down that free market track. Sunday mornings, you can buy, sell, or trade anything lawful and moral on the swap shop. Let's listen. What is it, Rich? Hi, Rich. You're on the radio. Go ahead. I'm looking for a cow skull with horns. Preferably with the cow not still attached. I don't need that BS. Literally. Yeah, and all that stuff. Swap shop, Sundays 10 to 11 a.m., right before Liberty Watch. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Eye on the Ball on 1030 The Voice. This is Jay Gonzalez, uh, sort of going solo without my cohort, Steve Rivera, who's taken off for the weekend a little early. But we've got college football writer Anthony Gimino 
has been spending the entire hour with us. We've gone through the national scene, the Pac-12 scene. Now we're, we're going to talk about the Arizona Wildcats. Now, Anthony, this is where it starts to get a little personal. You know, we, we've known each other for a long time, and I was a former beat writer. You were a former beat writer, but, you know, I've been, I've been you know, sitting in the seats as a fan for a lot of years, and I'm telling you, I I can't, I don't think I've seen Arizona be this far away from having their name mentioned as a as a title contender or Rose Bowl contender since uh, the McVick years. I mean, what do you think? Um, I would absolutely have to agree with that. And um, now, can it still happen in your lifetime, Jay? Hopefully you've got a, hopefully you've got some runway left <laughs> for you. So, yes. Um, but I mean, this is a, it's not a, it's not a two-year plan. Right. It's probably not a three-year plan. It's probably more like a four-year plan if everything goes well. And, right. And you assume that Kevin Sumlin's the right guy. Right. Well, that... I, 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 I'm not convinced, but you know, again, he's, he's got some time left on, on his clock as well. Right. Well, and I'm not convinced either, but, and you know, I, I've been thinking about this and, I almost feel like this is almost a a year one for him because of the whole um, uh, Khalil Tate uh, scenario, for lack of a better word, in that, you know, there was just seemed to be all this friction for whoever was causing it. I don't really care. It just seemed like <laughs> there was never any kind of comfort level for either of them or for anybody, whether it was, you know, with, with Noel Mazzoni or, or, or with Kevin Sumlin and Khalil Tate and the players and yada, 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 that, okay, the decks are kind of cleared. You know, Kevin Sumlin's got his quarterback in, you know, in, in place. He's got some, you know, some of his players in place. You know, this is sort of a key year. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I, I almost sense that there's hoping it's sort of a fresh start for everybody. You, uh, yeah, you, you would have to hope that, right? Uh, and there's some, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say total doom and gloom. There's some, there's some nice pieces. You know, Grant Gunnell showed some good things at quarterback last year. I don't know if he's um superstar in year two, but he looked pretty good at times. Right. Um, returning four starters on the offensive line. That's a really good thing. That's a pretty solid line. Again, not you're not ready to uh, put them into your national top 10 offensive lines, but pretty, pretty solid. Let's give them that. Um, Colin Schooler, Tony Fields, Four-year starters at linebacker Anthony Pandy, you can throw in there. Lorenzo Burns is a fine Pac-12 cornerback. You know, maybe Jamari Joyner can be that um, wide receiver one that the team needs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's not, you know, there's there's some pieces, right? Well, I think you really have to contort yourself into thinking everything's got to go right. Everybody's got to meet or exceed expectations and almost that never happens right you know then you got to figure out okay you've got all new coaches on defense how's that going is that what's that adjustment like i think paul rhodes was a really good hire at defensive coordinator well i was going to ask you that he's a he's a you know he's a pro's pro you know the guy's a you know a smart guy's been around in a lot of different places he can coach the game um probably a very stable guy. So, um, you know, there were some good hires, but how does it all mesh? 
in a year where you didn't really have uh, any spring ball. Right. Well, Vegas has has Arizona at four and a half wins. Um, the the odds are kind of weird, so it's really five wins is what is what Vegas is saying Arizona is gonna, you know, gonna do over over under. But there's only one team lower than them, and that's Colorado. So they basically have Arizona as the eleventh number eleven team in the Pac-12. I mean, what has to happen for them to be better than that? Well, a lot of the things we 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 talked about, it. and similar to last year, they have to start well. And last year they did, and they had like we had like one week of hope, right? You had, you had one really. They were four and one. <laughs> Four and one, you're like, oh my god, they're right there. They're, and then it all it went south fell. so it fast. Went south. Yeah, seven so trade, fast. Seven trade losses. So again, this year it's kind of set up the same way. Presuming they play a full schedule, again you start with Hawaii this time here. Um, this time with Todd Graham on the other sideline, and I really do not like that hire for Hawaii. Um, I just think it's such an odd cultural fit. Well, I was going to say sense football wise. Yeah. Because he runs, you know, up tempo spread concepts, kind of what they were doing under Nick Rolovich. But culturally, I just don't <laughs> see it. It doesn't seem I like mean, a good fit. I was a little uptight. I mean, yeah. That doesn't, that yeah. just doesn't seem to fit the vibe of the Island. But right. anyways, um, Hawaii, um, after their great year, sending their Cole McDonald off to the NFL early at quarterback, um, maybe they won't be quite as good. They, a couple of the receivers that just tormented Arizona last year are also gone. Yeah. So, okay, you got Hawaii, and then you got Portland State. So if you're Arizona, you're thinking you're 2-0. Then you open again, you got your third home game in a row against Stanford. That's going to be a real toss-up directional game which way is your season headed right Uh, then you have to go to texas tech which arizona won last year knocked out their quarterback in that game as i recall um i wouldn't really expect arizona win at texas tech this year um then you got to go to ucla probably another kind of toss-up game and colorado which arizona's had great success with colorado out of those six games you know if you can get at least four, you, you've got you've got some midseason. Home. You've got a shot. Do you have but them? Then it all turns. You're not going to be favored again, right? Do you have them fifth in the league in the in the in the South? We got them sixth. We got them behind Colorado. You got them behind Colorado, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> have you have you seen Arizona team? <laughs> on the other hand, on well, the Carl other Durrell, hand, I mean, he's got a tough I job know, over there. He hasn't even seen his players. Did you see who Colorado hired? <laughs> I mean, that's a. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm good. I mean, good, good guy. Okay, we're um, we're we're gonna throw something I, down on that one about who finishes ahead. Of, you know, Arizona, or Colorado. <laughs> we, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a little a little side action on that one. Uh, All right. So I, I mean, I don't know. Again, you know, when you saw what they did last year, they were five, four and one at one point, and to look at their first six games this year, which all seem to be winnable. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to win them all, but they they're, they're winnable games. Uh, I you know I don't know. Maybe the four and a half is a, is a good number. It's it's it is a good number. I mean, that's like yeah, they they definitely uh, Vegas picked the picked the number, which makes it really hard, right? To um, I'm not sure. I wouldn't go over five. 
I really wouldn't. Yeah. Who's, I who's mean, a, if, if five was the, if, if, if five was my number to make money, I'm probably not touching it at all, but I'm not, I'm not betting on Arizona winning six. Yeah. We've got a few seconds left. Who's, who's the breakout player for Arizona this year? Who do we keep our eye out on? Uh, let's go back to Jalen Harris. Okay. Arizona needs, Arizona needs more than 17 packs for a season. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe with a new, uh, coordinator uh another year of getting bigger and stronger maybe he's the guy maybe he's the guy anthony i appreciate you being here and spending the your friday night with me give your wife a big hug for letting you do that (laughs) and uh we'll hopefully see you around pretty soon all right man have a great weekend thanks thanks again everybody